We're going to be in First Thessalonians this morning. We're going to be talking about prayer. Did you know we're commanded to pray? But do we pray enough? I'm not sure uh, how long we'll be looking at this idea, but I just felt the burden to look at some a couple different aspects of prayer over the next few weeks. And uh, I certainly would think that it, many would agree that it is one of the most neglected things in the Christian life. Possibly because a lot of things are visible. Uh, when we think of our Christian walk and, and oftentimes what other people perceive us as, the way we dress, the way we speak, and, and, and we can talk about all the different things that other folks observe in our life. But one of the things that they don't see is our prayer life. Now certainly, uh, as we gather corporately occasionally uh, here, praise the Lord for Wednesday nights, but um, you know, a lot of times we don't see, and the Lord tells us to pray privately. Go into your closet and pray. Uh, but I think it's neglected because we don't have an accountability sense. Uh, and I'm not saying sometimes we do the right thing in other areas of our life only because people are watching us. And that's not necessarily the right motive, but I hope you understand what I'm saying this morning. Uh, just because other people can't see your prayer life doesn't mean it's not important. And, and it, should, it certainly should not suffer because of that. Uh, our Savior prayed. God in the flesh prayed. And boy, how we need prayer. But let's look at this. First uh, Thessalonians 5.17. Uh, one of the first verses I memorized. Uh, my mental capacity was good enough for these three words. Here's what the Word of God says here. Pray without ceasing. Certainly, we ought to be in an attitude of prayer all the time. All the time. There should not be any moment in time. Uh, I, I think about, I try to put this into practice. You know, when I was in the Air Force and, and I would be making my ways uh, in my latter years of my career to different meetings, Lord bless Lord, give me wisdom and, and help me here. Help me to be a witness. Help me to be a testimony. But, Lord, I need your help. I can't function in this capacity without you. And, and, and so praying without ceasing, this ought to be just the normal aspect of our everyday life. Looking to the throne for God's help. Uh, <clears throat> and so it is certainly one of the most important aspects of the Christian life. And you cannot live the Christian life without prayer. I submit to you this morning, you cannot call yourself a Christian if you don't pray. And I'm not talking about a believer and in, in, in understanding that, that you're in Christ, in salvation. I'm just talking about the true sense of the word Christian being Christ-like. So if you have a life that is lacking in prayer or a prayerless life, uh, you can't honestly say I'm a Christian because our Savior prayed. And the disciples of Christ are commanded. Uh, this, uh, pray without ceasing, it's an imperative here. It's not an option, and it's really, we're commanded to pray. So if you don't pray, you can't truly be a Christian. And I hope you understand what I mean by that. And certainly you can't live the Christian life well without praying. Uh, there, for without me, you can do... We need the power of God in our lives. But so oftentimes we lean on our flesh. 
Perhaps you're one of those people, unlike myself, that is ultra-talented. Sometimes that is, turns out to be a weakness because you begin living the Christian life and executing the things that God wants you to do, leaning on your flesh and the abilities that God gave you. And there's nothing wrong with those abilities in and of themselves. God gave them to you, and you ought to be using them. But certainly you're lacking the power of God in your life if you're not praying. Uh, <clears throat> very important to pray. Uh, Someone said this about prayer. Prayer is conversation with God. Uh, Simply put, prayer is talking with God. God wants a relationship with us. And He wants it to be a two-way communication. He's given us His Word. He's been faithful to to preserve it and, and, and thank God for the Word of God. But did you understand that God wants you to come before His throne? That blows my mind to think about. That the Almighty God, the creator of the earth, wants your presence in your fellowship. And when we don't pray, we're missing out on a critical piece of the Christian life. Uh, Here's what Hudson Taylor said. The prayer power has never been tried to its full capacity. If we want to see mighty wonders of divine power and grace wrought in the places of weakness, failure, and disappointment, let us answer God's standing challenge. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We, per- we sing that. Jeremiah 33.3. But do we avail ourselves to that potential power that God can pour out on our lives because of prayer? And, and so certainly, over the next few weeks, there are some prerequisites to having God's power in our prayer, right? We need to be right with God. Uh, and that's not the focus of today, but uh, just some of the things we're going to look at in the, in the coming weeks, Lord willing. Many Christians struggle with prayer. I think if we polled Christians, and it's been done, I looked at a couple different polls and statistics that in it. Really waste my time putting them in my... I had them in my notes and I deleted them. Um, But but if you ask them, oftentimes, in what area of the Christian life do you need most to grow? Often, I know in my experience of talking to other Christians and, and after being in church for 25 plus years, if you ask people that, it is often prayer. And again, I think it's because we lack the accountability sometimes. People don't see that. They don't witness that in our lives. Uh, Certainly, hopefully, your family sees you praying. Uh, But I believe the church lacks the power of God because we don't pray. And and this isn't an indictment. I know there's prayer warriors in here. And certainly, I, 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 I pray, and I want to pray more. I want to pray more fervently and earnestly and get a hold of the throne of grace. Uh, and get the mind of God. Uh, so I'm not saying that we're, we're completely negligent in the matter, but what I am saying is, I think we all have room for improvement if we're honest. And so this morning, we're just going to look at some basic things about prayer. Did you know prayer is a privilege? If you remember that basic definition I gave you of prayer, that it was from an unknown source, prayer is a conversation with God. Think about that for a moment. 
conversation with God. Uh, that kind of overloads the circuits in my brain. God Almighty wanting to converse with Justin DeGarpo. Wow. What a privilege. Uh, what a blessing. Uh, <clears throat> when we pray, we're conversing with the Almighty, the All-Knowing, the Supreme Being and, and the absolute ruler of all. And to think that He wants you to come before His throne and He wants to hear what's on your heart. We're talking about a relationship with God. And we know we can't have that without Christ. But, but I, I, that ought to motivate us to be interested in prayer. God Himself was so interested that we could have a relationship with Him. He sent His Son to die to reconcile us back to Himself that we might come before His throne. God is pretty interested and invested in prayer, is He not? But how sometimes we won't give Him the time of day to pray and to meet with Him and to come before His throne. And, and certainly, listen, I just talked about pray without ceasing. We opened up with that verse, and, and I understand the, the idea of being prayerful and, and throughout your day and asking God to be with you. But listen, sometimes you just need to get in that quiet place of prayer and commune with your God where nobody else knows that it's taking place and just bear your burdens. Cast all those cares upon Him. Listen, He cares for you. He's there just waiting to hear from you. And listen, I'm not saying that that God is going to respond and answer all your prayer requests just like you think He ought. That's our problem when we go to prayer. Our prayer is not, Lord, have Thy will as in heaven done on earth. Our prayer is, God, can You please intervene in this and do such and such. Because the reality is we don't know our God very well. Because if we did, we would understand that He doesn't always intervene and do the things that we want. Do you commune with Him? He died for you to have the privilege of prayer. And so my hope is that through the study we will be encouraged and motivated to pray. And that our prayer life as believers would grow. The presence of God. Psalm 84, 1 and 2 says this. When we talk about the privilege of prayer, it says, How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Do you desire like that to commune with God? To be in His presence. Uh, it, it says, uh, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. Just to be in the presence of Almighty God. What a privilege. You're entering the presence of Almighty. The Almighty. The psalmist longed to enter God's presence. His soul yearned for God as a, as a hungry man desires food. Do you desire prayer or the presence of God like you do food? Like the heart panteth after the water? Do you desire the presence of your God? 
Listen, I submit to you, God desires your presence. And what a privilege that we so often neglect. Nothing else could take God's place in the psalmist's mind. There are things that he desired. He just wanted to be in the courts of his God. He wanted uh, to, to be around his God. Nothing else would substitute and, and, and take that place but the presence of his God. Do you go before his throne? Do you enter into the presence of the Holy One? Maybe for another time, but perhaps it's because you're not right. And it's a difficult thing to come before a holy God when you know that there's things in your life that are hindering that. There's nothing more beautiful, nothing more refreshing, nothing lovelier or satisfying than entering the presence of God. Have you ever had just that sweet moment of prayer where you get up and it's just refreshed? And you know that those cares that you had cast, he has heard and he has listened. And listen, maybe all those things are not resolved. But you now know that you've cast them upon him. He cares for you and you no longer have to stress about it. You don't got to bite your nails and, and stay up all night worrying and being concerned because you know you've been in the presence of the almighty God that loves and cares for you. And you just find some sweet, Peace that passes any understanding. The presence of God is a very comforting place. Now, let, well, I won't even bring it up anymore. Listen, the judgment of God is a fearful thing. But I'm talking when we get right with God and get in His presence. Uh, Christ made it available to us. We couldn't do this before we knew Christ. It's because of Christ that we can come before the throne. God is holy and, and we are sinful. We were separated from God in our sin. And uh, sin barred us from the presence of Almighty God. We were the enemies of God, if you will. But Christ bridged the gap and opened the way for us to come to God. If our faith is in Christ, our sins have been forgiven and our fellowship with God is restored. And so certainly the privilege of prayer requires us to be in Christ. We must be in Christ. Uh, listen, we may, if you're in Christ, we can enter God's presence through prayer. Ephesians 2.18 says this, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Because of Christ, we now have access. Uh, what an exciting thing to think about. The book of Hebrews puts it this way, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Listen, in Christ and because of Christ, we may approach God's throne boldly, with confidence. Not because of anything that we have done, but because we have the imputed righteousness of Christ, we now, and I love that word boldly. We don't have to come sheepishly. Listen, again, he wants us to come. And because of Christ, we now can come and we can come in confidence and we can come boldly knowing that he desires our presence and that he desires to meet our needs. And he wants to work on our behalf. I trust that you want God to use you in your Christian life. I make that assumption this morning. 
given the fact that you're here, this is the Sunday school crowd, right? We're committed. People call us nuts for coming Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, don't they? I used to work with people. They thought I was crazy. And then when I told them I tithe, they almost lost their mind. Their brain almost exploded. He was making fun of me because I drove an old Honda Accord. And somehow, I don't even know how it came. He found out how much I gave on an annual basis, and he was just blown away. He's like, you could have a much nicer car. I said, I don't need a nicer car. Listen, so this morning, I just make the assumption that you want God to use you. Because what I perceive as some level of commitment in your life, that you're being faithful to the house of God. Man, I must have had plenty of water. I'm hydrated. I'm spitting everywhere. Excuse me. Listen to me this morning. If you want the power of God and to be used of God, you must pray. Some things come only by what? Prayer and fasting. There are victories that we will never have in the Christian life if we don't get serious about our prayer life. We want God to move. We want God to change things. We want God to use us in a mighty way. How serious are we? Are we serious enough to spend time in prayer? Let alone afflict ourselves with going without and fasting. Lord, help us. The reality is nobody sees that. And they ought not. Yeah. We're supposed to wash our face and honor ourselves. And so we're not presenting this, oh, woe is me attitude. So perhaps maybe you all of you are better than I am and you fast far more. And I just don't know it because you're being biblical about it. I'll be presumptuous this morning and say that's probably not the case. <clears throat> Do you want the power of God in your life? Listen, prayer will change. We say prayer changes things. But the one thing that I've learned, the more I pray, is it changes me more than anything else. It's convicting. When you begin begging God for things, and it's like, whoa, what about this, Justin? How serious are you about the things of God in this area or that area? Because when you go before the throne of that holy, righteous God, you can't go with that filthy rags of righteousness. God will begin to point out things that you need to deal with. Listen, it's about a relationship. How well do you want to know your God? And I'm afraid modern Christianity wants to know just enough to where we have the outside figured out and people think that we're Christian. But God really doesn't have a heart. And God really, I, I think that Hudson Taylor uh, quote is, is very accurate that we don't really experience the prayer power that we can. Lord, help us. We have access in Christ and we can go boldly. Listen, we can address him as father. That means something to me as a dad. Uh, and, and it... It means something to me as a son. I kind of think I understood it a little bit, but I think even more so as a father, that there are things that my kids, I, I have maybe sometimes in the flesh, I have not done things for them knowing that they're going to need it or, or that because I was waiting for them to ask. We can call him our father. 
Jesus told his disciples in, in what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, 9, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven. And of course it says, hallowed be thy name. So that gets back to the, the holiness of our God. But listen, we can come before him as our Father. I want to meet the needs of my children. Oftentimes I do it before they know that they have a need. And our God does not, he do the same. Sometimes we can look back and just see all the blessings that God has in our life. But how much more could we experience if we would go before God? And ask those things. Listen, he says if we ask, we will receive. But I think we're so used to to calling God Father today that we miss the wonder of this. Or the true idea of this. Uh, I know oftentimes I open up my prayer, Heavenly Father. And it almost becomes routine. That's just the nomenclature we use as we cry out. And we miss the true fact that He is our Father. The Abba Father. The one that wants to hear from us. The one that does want to meet our needs. And so when I think about that as I'm a dad, it, it has new meaning for me. Our Father wants to be a blessing to us. God was sometimes referred to as the Father of all in that he was the creator or the father of everything, the father of Israel and uh, that brought the nation into existence. Uh, <clears throat> but no one called God personally their father necessarily. Uh, no one except Jesus, that is. Uh, and now in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus extends this great privilege to his disciples that we can go before God as our father. Listen, you're adopted. He, he, we're in the family. I don't do things for other people's kids because they're not mine. It's expensive, but one, I can't afford it. I don't, I don't have the uh, unlimited resources God our Father has. And so when I see all these other clowns running around, these children, I don't necessarily do things for them, but there's things I do for my kids because they're mine. Listen, we are in the family. We now have a Father, we have a God that has unlimited resources and He wants to use them on His children to meet our needs, to provide for us. Listen, to give us things that we don't even need. The blessings and the benefits of an almighty, holy God. He's our Father. What an amazing privilege. In prayer, we can talk to God as a child talks to his or her own, her own father. There were some things growing up that I only talked to my dad about. I, I can think of one thing in particular right now that I only ever spoke with my, my mom. I don't even think she knows, unless my dad in confidence told her at some point. But uh, which parents are that way, you know, they share things. But listen, what I'm trying to tell you is prayer is personal. You can trust Him. Listen, if you have the most difficult thing that you feel like you can't discuss with anybody, you have a Heavenly Father that's there waiting to listen. And He can provide the comfort that no other listener on earth can. And it's supernatural, and I can't explain why. But I'm telling you what, there are things that I've poured my heart out to God, and I didn't understand it, but all of a sudden I felt peace. 
I could have spent millions, thousands of dollars seeking some type of shrink and never found the peace that God can give. Listen, we have a Heavenly Father that wants to hear from us. We have access in Christ. And listen, did you know we're invited to ask? He, he tells us to come ask. How foolish of us not to. We are invited to ask. John 16, 24, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. What an indictment. Boy, you've asked nothing in my name. But then he goes on to say this, Ask and you shall receive. And look what he says here, that your joy may be full. God wants to pour out his rich blessings upon our lives. And sometimes I believe he's just waiting for us to come before his throne and ask. He's saying, you haven't asked anything in my name. You haven't went before the Father in the name of Christ. Boy, ask and you shall receive. Why? Because I want your joy to be full. I want you to have the abundant life. I want you. Now, listen, God doesn't, he's not saying here that he's going to give you every physical or material thing that you desire. I want a helicopter, Lord. Well, if that's not God's will, you're not going to get a helicopter. But oftentimes, that's how we go in our attitude of prayer is, God, I, 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 we, I, we need this. And the reality is we're just asking God for things. And we're missing the relationship and getting closer to our God and walking with our God and learning of Him, and being conformed to be more like Christ. Boy, Christ suffered, did He not? The Lord tells us we're going to suffer like He did. What a blessing, though. He, he will meet our needs and, and be there every step of the way. Listen, what am I telling you this morning? Prayer is an extraordinary privilege. In Christ, as believers, as the children of God, we have one of the greatest privileges that we could ever have in this life. The ability to go before the throne of the Almighty God, the creator of the earth, that desires for us to come there just so He can pour out blessing upon us. But how negligent we are. And listen, I'll even say this, how lazy we often are. That we don't discipline ourselves to pray. And that leads me to number two this morning, prayer is a discipline. If prayer is such a wonderful privilege, why don't we pray more? Why do we struggle so much with our prayer life? <clears throat> we struggle because prayer is not only a privilege, but it's a discipline. It takes effort. True, true prayer takes effort. <clears throat> Our flesh is weak. Let me stay focused on my notes here. But um, God wants to hear from you. But we must develop the discipline and practice of prayer in our life if we're going to enjoy that extraordinary or remarkable privilege. We have to develop this. It does not come naturally. <clears throat> Prayer is a discipline because our sin nature gets in the way. We have a sin nature that will, will get in the way. 
Many of you are familiar with Romans chapter 7, but I'm going to read verses 18 through 20. It says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do, not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not. It is more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Listen, our flesh doesn't like prayer. That's so true. So even though our sins may be forgiven and we're believers in Christ and, and we would use the modern terminology, we're Christians. But listen, we have a sin nature within us that fights against the things of God. And that includes the practice of prayer. And arguably, maybe more this than anything else. All of the other things that we can get caught up in sin-wise hinders our prayer life. Paul says, I have the desire to do what is good. I, I want to pray. I, I want to grow in my prayer life, but I do not always carry it out. I believe certainly in Christ, each one of us has a desire to pray. But sometimes it is hard to find the time, the energy. How many times have you fallen asleep in prayer? Or maybe that's just me. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'll lay down at night and pray myself to sleep. So don't misunderstand that. Uh, Pray without ceasing. But our sin nature does get in the way. Matthew 26, 41. Watch ye and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And if you're familiar with that passage, that's when the Lord asked the disciples to watch with him and to pray with him. And certainly our Savior understands our weakness in the flesh. And so our our flesh gets in the way sometimes of prayer. A second reason is prayer is a discipline because we don't always see the results. We have to discipline ourselves regardless of whether we're seeing instant results that we are so accustomed to in our modern day with the drive-thrus and, and listen, I, you know, if you would have told me as a kid I could have a computer this size in my pocket, I would don't think I would have believed you. Right. I remember video games when they came out, you had to type in the commands. If you didn't do everything just right, nothing worked. It's frustrating. We are so accustomed to having instant gratification and responses in our life. I think I've used the term Burger King Christianity, have it your way. We want it our way in the drive-thru right now. And that is not how prayer works. And so we must discipline ourselves to continue to pray. Be persistent in prayer, if you will. Persevere in prayer. Luke 18.1, And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that meant, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Listen, regardless of the results that you are expecting or hoping to see from your prayer life, because that's really where it comes down to. We don't see God working how we want Him to work or how we thought He was going to work, and so we faint. We give up. Jesus talks about a window, widow who keeps coming. And this is the, the context of Luke 18 there in that parable that he's talking about. That we ought always to pray and not faint. 
and going to the unjust judge with a request for justice. And for a while, the judge refuses her. Does he not? If you're familiar with that passage. But finally, in chapter 4, or chapter 18, verse 4, he says this, and he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, he said, I'm not doing this for any reason because I fear God or because of these people, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will adventure lest by her continual coming she weary me. She did not give up. She kept going. The response wasn't what she wanted initially. She didn't receive the judgment from the judge that she was hoping, the justice. But she persisted and continued. We need to be disciplined to be faithful in our prayer life. Even when we feel like God doesn't answer. Listen, that doesn't mean He's not listening. It doesn't mean He doesn't hear you. But remember, this is about the will of God. Not your desires and you having the things that you want in this life. So we need to be careful that we don't get results driven in our prayer life. Remember, it's a relationship. You're growing to know more about our God and how He works in our affairs. God is not an unjust judge. So we we won't compare our God to the unjust judge in this. The point is that even if the unjust judge eventually answered the woman's prayer, how much more will God answer your prayers when you cry out to Him? Boy, again, He wants to hear from you. And God is for you. What a blessing to know that He's on our side. Just because we do not see the answer to our prayer happen right away or it doesn't happen the way that we think it should does not mean that we should stop praying. Again, don't be results driven. Prayer is not about asking and getting things that I want. Prayer is about me setting aside my wants and desires and going to God and seeking His will for my life. Is that how you approach prayer? What is the will of God in this matter? I want God to work in this. Listen, we need to pray. Luke eleven two says this, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Look at what it says here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. We ought to be praying for the will of God. Now, certainly, we have our petitions and we ask these things, but as I mentioned, it's, it's about getting to know our God. Uh, William Colbertson said this, Keep praying, but be thankful that God's answers are wiser than your prayers. You get that? Keep praying, but be thankful that God is smarter than you and He's not going to answer those prayers in a way that you think He ought to because He's just wiser. What a blessing to know. Do we want God's will? <clears throat> or are we discouraged when we do not see God move in the way we think He ought and give up praying? I'm going to have to find a place to cut this off here. We must persevere in prayer. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 says this, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. <clears throat> And quickly, I just have a couple more minutes. The verbs in this verse are what we call present active imperatives. 
And I'm really not this smart. I look up this stuff. Um, parsing and those kind of things. <laughs> I'm not an English scholar, let alone any other type of scholar. But, but these are present active imperatives, which carry the additional meaning of keeping on doing these things. So we should be continually asking, continually seeking, continually knocking. It's something that we continue to do. We must persevere in our prayer life. Keep on asking and it will be given. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened unto you. Listen, prayer is a discipline because we must persevere in prayer. Listen, we need to put some effort into developing the practice of prayer in our life. Don't give up. Listen, there's going to be days when you don't want to pray. But you must pray anyway. Pray without ceasing, right? We must pray anyway. Martin Luther once wrote this, Prayer is the most important thing in my life. If I should neglect prayer for a single day, I should lose a great deal of the fire of faith. Listen, we are missing out when we neglect prayer. We're missing out on a critical piece of our relationship with our Heavenly Father and the power of God in our lives when we neglect to persevere in prayer. Poet said this, Prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. We should pray each morning as we start our day. We should talk to God at the end of each day before we fall asleep. And we should talk to God throughout the day as various events take place. It would be wonderful if we woke up each morning ready to pray and prayed our way through the day and prayed ourselves to sleep at night. But it doesn't happen naturally. We must discipline ourselves to pray. Prayer is a discipline. Let's close in prayer this morning.